Okay, the class is in memory of Jared Orchin, and today we're going to learn the Aftora of Parshat Kitavot. An amazing Aftora. It's chapter 60 in the book of Isaiah. It's on page 1478. And why, in top of all of this, it's the Aftora of my Bar Mitzvah. Oh. 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 And I remember it more or less, yeah. <laughs> I actually started to, somebody I'm sure last week, his son said I had Mitzvah last year. He started to say the Aftorah, he started to continue to say after him. Somebody told me, how do you do every Aftorah? I told him, no, 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 no. <laughs> not every Aftorah. My grandfather taught me that. He since then passed on. But um, in my show, we only did the Aftorah. We didn't read from the Torah. Just after and was good enough. Yeah. And I'm a good Jew. <laughs> <laughs> without without any for the Torah at that time. Were you not allowed that Torah? No, it's actually not allowed. It wasn't a thing to do. The person who read the Torah was a regular guy who read the Torah every week. And the Bamitze boy only read the Torah. Oh, they read the Torah that day. Yeah, sure. Right. They read the Torah. Yeah, I they couldn't get in the part of the government where they the didn't want you to do. It, I only have Torah that day. No, 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 no. God forbid. I read the Torah. I didn't read the Torah. The Torah, the, the Torah speaks about, the, about Moshiach. It's a whole of Torah. What will be when the Messiah will come? The light of God that will bring, that the shine on the Jewish people when Moshiach will come. Let's start to read the inside, and then we'll take it from there. Arise, shine, and rejoice, O Jerusalem, for your light has arrived, and God's glory has shone upon you. Okay. Kumi yori kiva orech. First of all, this is lines that we say again in the Lechadodi, we sing it, and so on in the prayers. Arise, the light, you, my light, God says, and your light. Your light has arrived. It's almost we combine the light of the Jewish people and the light of God to illuminate Jerusalem. The Medish puts it, the Jewish people are the oil, God is the candle. Together, God says, let's go together and illuminate the city of Jerusalem, bring back light of, to, to Jerusalem. It means to say when Moshiach will come, God will, bring, will shine a light that the sun and the moon will not make a difference. With such a spiritual light, and maybe even the physical light will be different, then it's going to be a whole, whole different environment will be in the world. Darkness and suffering will cover the earth and thick clouds will cover the nations. But God will shine the light of salvation on you and his glory will be seen on you. Okay, it says, the world will be full of darkness. Darkness doesn't mean physical darkness. And it's a world, a bad place. It's a, it's a dark world. It's a dark world, a world of drugs and a world of fights and a world of, it's a dark world. And we ended in a Exactly. Rebbe is to say we're in a very dark world, but Anas will shine the light of God and his glory, and that's a big people to the Jewish, the world to the Jewish people. How is this different or similar to the priestly blessing where, where may God's countenance shine upon you? It's not different. It's actually the Medish connects this too. Yes, that's, that's what it is. The light of God will shine upon you, yes. It could be on a personal level, and it could be on a national level, on everyone. 
or that's the idea. Really an atzadik, the light of God shines upon him, and therefore people run after him. What does the Rebbe, why people, what does they attack him? He begged them to come, yeah. They were, it was like, bees were coming, it was, everybody wanted to be around him. It was a magnet. What does magnet in it? You could look, you could, you could stand and look at them for six hours and never get tired. Couldn't understand. You know, it's like almost with the example for it a little bit, like a baby. You can look at the baby and look and look and never get tired and smile and play with them, get excited about it. Why is why an adult you cannot look more than two minutes and a, <laughs> <laughs> and a baby you can look and look and look. Because by a baby the neshoma shines. What happens by the adult? The adult through his sins is the sins are like stains, they cover up on the neshama. They become, they cut off the light. It doesn't let the, the, the soul shine out. That you don't, except when the soul shines out, that every minute it's a new person. That's why it's not the same baby from an hour ago. It's a new baby. The soul is renewing himself like God. By a regular human being, where the soul, it don't, where his behavior doesn't allow the soul to shine out. Nothing to look at. By a tzaddik that he never seen, that the soul shines out. That you, it's not the Rebbe you saw yesterday. It's not the Rebbe you saw five minutes ago. It's, a new, it's somebody new. You constantly you are dragged to see him. Then when Moshiach will come, the whole world will come to hear they will see that and the juice is shining a special light. Almost a little bit like today the world is wondering. The Far East, I have brothers in China, they always tell me that the Chinese are fascinated with the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. What is it about you that you are so successful? What is it about you that you are so smart? The shine, the light of God shines upon the Jewish people. Why we are so smart? Because you have 3,000 years of learning Torah. That's why we are so smart. Not because, oh, because my son went to Stanford, to Yale. We got this Yale. It came from the moon. It's from the genes. Where is the genes coming? 3,000 years of learning Torah. And that's what he says in number three. Nations will follow your guiding light and kings your shining brilliance. Again, what means it will be a shining example. Every Jew will be an example for the world. And the nations will follow us. Everybody will say, I want to be like the Jews. As I mentioned so many times, that the Talmud is being translated to so many languages because the world wants to know the secret of the Jewish people. By the way, this fascination was always, you know, a lot of the anti-Semitism comes from this fascination. They want to know what is it. And they cannot get it, that they get jealous and they get angry. But there is a fascination that they want to know, they want to taste it. And we actually, we should give them taste in this, and more than a taste. Sharing the spirituality of Judaism, we have an obligation to share with the rest of the world. Every human being has to believe in God. Every human being has to have faith in God. Every human being has to pray to God. We should make Yom Kippur a national, an international day of repenting. Rosh Hashanah, at least. Rosh Hashanah is for sure an international holiday. Yom Kippur is more a day that God forgives to the Jewish people. But Rosh Hashanah, what's Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is God, is at the beginning of the year, God judges the whole world, not just the Jews. 
Ovdje se ide rošešone prije. Ja sam gledan rošešone. Become a king of the whole world. What means we are, and Rosh Hashanah is the inauguration of God by the Jewish people. Blowing of the shofar is an inauguration event. Just like in every inauguration they blow the trumpet, and Rosh Hashanah we come, we, the small Jews in Solon, come to the synagogue, and by blowing the shofar, we are inaugurating, it's a coronation, crowning God as the king of the world. We are announcing, we are accepting you from the king from over here. And before, before that, like God is waiting, well, now they're just coming to crown me again, it's already 10 o'clock, it's already 11. <laughs> Where are they? And that's what the Rosh Hashanah, and what do you say in the prayer of Rosh Hashanah? If you look in the Musaf prayer of Rosh Hashanah, there is divided into three, the Amidah service into three pieces. Malchuyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot. Malchuyot means kingship, zikhonot means remembrance, and shofarot means shofar. In kingship, we are praying to God that God should be the king of the world. That's what we are doing. And we are asking God, may, may, may the whole world, every creation, every creature recognize that you are the creator of the world. Now, praying is a nice thing, but then we have to go out of the street and actually doing it. How we recognize God as the king of the world. And I have a mezuzah on the door. I say that this door, this room belongs to God. When I, when I, when I say a blessing over a cup of water, I say this water belongs to God. That we, you know, a king cannot be a king without a nation. Let's say the CEO of a factory, it's only machinery. It's going to be one day. The CEOs will commit suicide, I'm telling you. No, no human beings to talk to, only, fa- only machines. He goes, oh, I have such a kingdom, oh. <laughs> Nobody there. You cannot be a king over a million horses. Am I ever my kingdom? A million horses. Two people you can be a king over. In the, in the intelligent human being who have free choice, who decide that you are the king, recognize you as a king. God cannot be a king until human beings don't accept him as a king. Then there is, in this relationship, as much as we need God, God needs us too. It's a two-way. If God wouldn't want a world, if he doesn't want us, that's fine. The moment he decided he wants a world and he wants human beings to recognize him as a king, he needs us. It's almost like in a marriage. As long as you don't get married, fine. The moment you get married, now you're dependent on your other partner just as much. You cannot say, oh, I don't care. Hey, hey. That you said before you get married. Now, the moment you get married, that's over. God married the Jewish people. And he wants us to go out and tell the world that the whole world should be glued to us. Just like everybody's glued to a tzaddik, God wants the world to be glued when Moshiach will come, but really glued to every Jew who will bring people to, to the belief of God. This is all an extension of being a light to the nations. The prior that's, that's, the whole yeah. thing is about a light unto the nation. Yes, Isaiah also said it, right? Yeah, twice. Very good, twice. I didn't know that twice. Thank you. Number four. Jerusalem, raise your eyes, look around, and see how everybody has gathered together, and are coming to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be reared by kings. 
Isn't this in, uh, when even now when in, in Israel people come together, says Jerusalem, the Jewish people, look, out, look around you. Everybody's coming back home. Jews are coming back from just what generations didn't go to synagogue, are coming in our generation, are coming back to, to, the, to Judaism. The whole current of the water changed. If 70 years ago, after the Holocaust, Jews ran away from Judaism, the whole thing turned around. The direction is another direction. Even in the Pew study that they made, and they showed how 72% of intermarriage, all of this, when they asked the question, are you proud to be Jewish? I think 97% said that they are proud to be Jewish. It was never such a high percentage. What does this mean? The Judaism is the in thing to do. That to be Jewish, there is something about being Jewish that every Jew is proud to be. You know, everybody was concentrating on the negativity of the, of the study. But there is a lot of, that's one of the most amazing things that many, many non-Jews claim that they're Jewish, by the way. Even if they have one great-grandparents great grandparents who is Jewish, they say, yeah, I'm Jewish, and he's proud of them, I'm proud of them. Many. It's all the idea that there is shining upon the Jewish people a light that the rest of the world wants to be a part of it. Number five. When you will see this. You will glow with joy. Your heart will throb and swell. For the many possessions of the people. Your heart will what? Trav and swell. And swell. Your bottom lines. Will trav. What's trav? Beats. Like beat. Yeah. Close. You know. Like strong. Scared? Strong. No, no, like a hard yeah. beat. A hard beat. Gets too excited. Like, and 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 be full of love and be a, a happy. It's it's a fear of joy, so to speak. Almost a fear that you're afraid you lose the joy. Or maybe you, sometimes you get too excited and you hear good news, you get very worked up. Okay, then what you will be so excited about? For the many possessions of the people who live in the West will be turned over to you, and the wealth of nations will come to you. You will be covered by hordes of camels, young camels from Midian and Ifa brought as gifts, Everything will come to us. Camels, whatever you want, people will come. Just take. Go ahead. They will come from Sheba, carrying gifts to God of gold and incense, and they will declare God's praises. Oh, they will declare God's praises. They will, everybody will recognize God and will understand that it's all coming from God. The awareness of God will be all over the world. If the awareness of God will be in the world, you wouldn't have fights, you wouldn't have wars, <laughs> you wouldn't have jealousy. All of this would disappear. Was it, wasn't Sheba... Uh, the queen of Sheba, yeah. Sheba, yeah. Sheba and Solomon. Uh, Solomon. Yeah. In Ethiopia, where is it? Uh, some yeah. say Yemen, some say Ethiopia. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's clear reference to the queen of Sheba and Solomon here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, you want to continue? All the sheep of Kedar will be gathered up and brought to you, and the rams of Neveos will serve all your needs. They will be accepted favorably on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my splendor by causing the nations to come with gifts of gold and silver. That means that the, the house of, the, of the, the temple will become, as the prophet Isaiah says in another place, a house of prayer yeah. for whole nations. 
not just for the Jewish people, for everybody. They will come and pray to the God, to one God, the way the Jewish people will live. At Kedar and Nephios, are those the sons of Ishmael? Yes, very good. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Kedar and Nevayot are the sons of Ishmael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the point is that the name, that Ishmael will agree that it belongs to Isaac, so to speak. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Kedar and Nevayot are the sons of Ishmael. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. So where's all this wealth going is the question. Uh, are they dropping it on the street corners? Are they giving it to the Messiah? Or uh, are they investing in the country? Uh, giving us some oil, maybe? Uh, you see, when you have an awareness of God, you don't need wealth. What do you mean to do it? You understand what I'm saying? But you, you asked a question that was different. Well, well, Genesis 49.10, Shilo has been in tra translated by many commentators as give gifts to him, many gifts to the Shilo, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you break that word down, it's gifts to him. You are. Uh, and, and some have, I guess, cross-applied that to here, that the gifts are going to be going to the Messiah. Yes, yes, yes. It's also in the book of Psalms, Shilo Moiro. Ovidu Shilo Moiro, yes. Where in Psalms is that? 75, 70, somewhere around there. Because you really shut them out. it exactly, I'll tell you in a minute. You know, today can be a big, big scholar with the, in the internet. <coughs> Rabbi Sachs was flown on helicopter around Old City today. Why? Rabbi Sachs. It's last, last, latest news. They took okay. all over the uh, is yeah. uh, so, so far, I, it's, it's because it's a name of so many other things that it doesn't come up here in, in, the, in the book of Psalms. It's, uh, it shows up. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you that after the class exactly where it's written. Maybe, no, it's not. Shailoi, yeah, when they bring it. Shaila Moira is, is, yeah, uh, Psalms 76. I remember to somewhere there. Yeah, they, they bring the Medesha Godesh, Shiloh, Shailoi. From where they bring the word Shailoi? From Shailoh Moiro in the Book of Psalms. Yes. Okay. People will ask, who are these exiled people that are returning so quickly, like soaring clouds and like doves of their cup windows? Okay. Who are these who come in Keov Terufeno? Kav means like a clouds. Gives one example of clouds who coming who flying like clouds, or like doves who are coming back to their homes. What's the difference between a clouds that comes here or a dove? Doves know where to come back to. They're like homing pigeons. And like pigeons, yeah. And clouds. They go anywhere. Clouds are flown by the wind. Doves are coming home. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? There are Jews who are coming back to Israel or to the Jewish people like clouds. There is a dissemitism in one place. They are being thrown out of the place. They are not coming to Israel. The wind pulls them to Israel because they have nowhere else to go. Then there is the pigeons who are always coming to the home. That's one of the reasons why the Jewish people are compared to, to doves, to a yonah, to a, 
to a dove, because like in Jewish people compared to birds, because just like a bird always remembers how to come home, so to a Jewish soul will eventually, you know when you see the doves coming to their homes? And you keep her. They're flying, everybody's flying to shul, wherever it is. Not all the doves, but many doves. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, they're all coming back to their, to their homes. And that's what he says, the Moshiach will come. They, you will say, who are these Jewish people who are coming like a cloud? Or like the doves who are coming to their, what is called, the homes? Coop. 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 Like a chicken coop. Or chicken pen. Like a pen. A cage. A cage. It's a house. It's a little house. Okay. Like a little hut. Number nine. For the people of the islands are gathering with the ships which cross the Sea of Tarshish in the lead to bring your sons from afar, along with their silver and gold, as a gift for God. All this will happen for the sake of the name of God, your God, the Holy One of Israel, who glorifies you. Okay, let's stop right here. Then the prophet speaks about coming in three ways. People will come... On a regular driving with the horse and buggy or with the cars. Then will be people who will fly in the air by airplanes, by like, like birds. Then there's those who will come in the boats. After they'll finish with all the cruises, they'll come to God. <laughs> Take a cruise to Jerusalem instead of going anywhere else. They'll come from Tarshish. Where we remember Tarshish from? Jonah in Spain. Yeah. Spain, right? And he says they will come together with what? They'll come with the gold and the, with the silver and gold, right? Not just coming by itself. You know, when Jews came in the past from the exile, came out, just came out. God tells us when we came out from Egypt, we actually came out also with gold and silver. What does this mean, going on, coming out? It's not enough, so to speak, that we come from exile. We need the gold and the silver. Because gold and silver that the Jewish people used becomes elevated. That going out from, from exile means take everything that's around you with you. Elevate the world with you, not just yourself. It's written, the Medrash says that when Moshiach will come, the synagogues will flow, will be moved, relocated to Israel. That's what the matter says. What does this mean? First of all, many people will believe that will just pick up and fly. It'll be spiritually connected to Israel. The, the whole world will become as holy as Israel. What's Israel? Israel is a place that there is an awareness of God. It's written about Israel, that's a place that the eyes of God are there from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. Nereshis Hashanah, Darishonah, it's in the, in the Bible. Five books of Moses. When Moshiach will come, this awareness of Israel will be all over the world. That suddenly Solon I will be Israel too. Then this will go to Israel. Basically Israel will come here instead it should go there. What it means to say is every house of God that Jewish people served will not be wasted, be abandoned will come with us. Every Jewish home that was Shabbat was celebrated in, and a mezuzah was on the door, will, will be a part of the redemption. Will bring the gold and the silver will join us. Everything that the Jew used at the Atzadik, when he used anything that he uses, is holy. 
and he doesn't want it should be lost later. No, the tzaddikim and they are buried, you make the, they make the coffin from the table that they learn Torah. Because the, the, the wood will testify on the men. And therefore, a, a, a dishes of a tzaddik is considered holy. The story about the fifth Chabad Rebbe, some, some guy was selling uh, forks and spoons from some Hasidic Rebbe that used that pot. He said, that's mixed. There is with and without. And we don't know what has it and what's not. And a rich Hasid wanted to buy it. He comes in to the son of the Rebbe, that time later he was the Rebbe. He says, there's a whole bunch of things. I don't know what is really, what is real and what is fake. He took, he says, he picked up, holy, not. <laughs> like this, fine. This Hasid is not stupid. He, he bent in the back, he made a little scratch in every one of them, little sign. Then he comes into his father, the fifth Chabad, he says, Rebbe, they want me to buy, and I, I don't want to waste my money. If it's real, it's real. If not, it's not. He took. Later he checked the same exact separation. Or the Sunday, the father. What does this mean? Because an Atzantic is using something. There is holiness in everything that he touches, that he's using. And really, every Jew should elevate the world, not just Tzadikim. The chairs that we sit now and the table that we learn Torah from, this also becomes a part of service of God. What's the purpose of the table? Why am I allowed to sit on the chair? Why should this chair not sit on me? Why am I walking on the carpet? Why shouldn't the carpet walk on me? Because the carpet cannot scream, that's why I have a right to, 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 to walk over it. It's written when Moshiach will come, the stone will scream, how dare you walk over me? Are you better than me? What means the stone will scream? The stone doesn't scream. But you will have such an awareness that you will feel not comfortable to sit on a chair. I'm better than the chair. Why am I sitting? And what is my right to sit on the chair? If I'm doing my purpose, then I can demand from the chair to do his purpose. I am serving God, therefore I can tell the chair, you have to help me to serve God, the table. The piece of chicken that I ate, why am I, what is my moral right to kill it? If it's helping me to serve God. Just lately I heard from a guy, a lady was a vegan, she started to go to eat back fish and this, because she felt she is weak, that we need to eat it. But if I use, the chicken tells me, if you do what you're supposed to do, fine, I don't mind to join you. Then both of us are being elevated. But if you use my strength for your own business, that's not, that's not the deal. Then when the Jewish people will come to, to Israel, when Moshiach will come, they left the gold and the silver, that's the literal meaning. Kabbalah gives it a different meaning. God of gold and silver represent love and fear of God. They will come not poor spiritually, or they'll come rich Jews. Rich spiritually, I love the love of God, fear of God, not like you know, dried out like this. Just with, with some, with some life into them, into them. Educated, excited, Thanks. happy Jews. Okay, and it all be for the sake of God. Yeah, number ten. Foreigners will rebuild the walls of your cities, and their kings will serve you. For I struck you in my anger, but in my grace I had mercy on you. 
Foreigners will build you the, the walls of the city. Sounds like Mexico is going to build the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're Foreigners will build the walls of the city, not because they'll force them, because they'll be annoyed. They will say, give me the opportunity to help you. I want to be a part of it. That's what's going to happen. People will be so excited about the Jewish people that everybody will feel honored, for example, if the president arrives to town and he, he doesn't have to look for a driver, right? Many people will be honored to take him around town and he doesn't have to pay them. They will pay him to have the honor. That is going to be this. Why? Because it's an honor to be in his presence. Who doesn't want to be the driver? He came one day in Cleveland, he came to my house. Can you imagine? Everybody will be happy. The nations of the world will recognize that the Jewish people are, if the shine, the light of God will shine on the Jewish people, that everybody wants to be a part of them. Number 11. Before that, he says, when I was angry with you, I struck you. But when I love you, when I, when I want, I have mercy upon you. Go ahead, number 11. Your gates will always be open. They will not close day or night so that the wealth of the nations may be brought to you with their kings in procession. For he says, why, why you close a gate? Because you're afraid. He says, when Moshiach will come, the gate will be open. Everybody's welcome. Also, you close a gate because you're afraid to be influenced by some foreign cultures, let's say. Mm -hmm. The Jewish people will be so strong morally and so excited about their own Judaism they will not be afraid to go to open the gate. You know, when the Rebbe started to send out Chabad rabbis all over the world, many other rabbis said, you're sending a young couple to China, let's say, and what do you do if he joins the crowd? You send them to bring people back to Judaism. When he comes to Solon, he actually likes the lifestyle. He says, you know what, forget about my Hasidic thing. Join the everybody, become like everybody else. How the Rebbe was sure, because he, he knew that the, the young rabbis that he sent out have such a strong sense of who they are that they will not be influenced by the world. They will influence others. Because when you are full, when you are busy to give out what you have, you don't get influenced. When you are sure who you are, then you can, you can, you can actually be more a tolerant person and more accepting everybody else when you have a strong identity of who you are. People who have a strong Jewish identity have no problem to welcome and accept and, and be okay with any, nobody, nothing threatens them. Remember many years ago, almost 20 years ago, there was a fight in Solon about the light, the holiday decorations. Should be, should be blue and green in the, in the light or shouldn't be green in the light? No. <laughs> I remember what, at that time was one of the councilmen called me. I told him, listen, I have no problem. Doesn't make me less Jewish if there is green light. Doesn't, that's not my Jewish identity, how much other light and other decoration will be in the city by me forcing other people not to do something. Okay. I have such a rich Judaism that anybody can celebrate whatever they want. Those influence. I don't mind. And then people who, are, who made the outcry, people who are their own Jewish identity is not strong. The Jewish identity is that they are not something else. Mm -hmm. 
That's not what your Judaism is. I'm not this. But people many times told me, oh, Jew- Jewish people don't believe in angels and they don't do this. And they, I told them, don't tell me what they don't do. How about you tell me what they do? <laughs> Besides, first of all, it's not true. That's the mm-hmm. side of the point. But what I need to say is, we don't celebrate the other holiday. Oh, that makes you Jewish. It has to be a little more than that. Okay, number 12. For whatever. For whatever nation or kingdom does not serve you will perish, and those people will be utterly destroyed. They'll just get be lost. They'll be, they will fade out. They will not be destroyed. They'll just not continue. They will fade out and be, and be gone. Were anti-Semites trying to use this to basically say, hey, Jews are going to be running the world then if they aren't now? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the non-Jews are on the world on behalf of the Jews. They will want to be a part of it. I mean, this that so many Jewish people are in such high levels in every country, in every place, in America and in Russia. Every country there is Jewish people, they are usually on the very top. It's because... There is a shine of God in them. That's the real reason. They just want to admit to say that it's there. They are small. The truth is it comes from them. And it goes back to what God said to Abraham at the beginning. You know, I will make of you a great nation. Those that bless you will You'll be blessed. blessed. Yes, yes, yes. And all the families of the earth will bless themselves by you. Very good. Then this... Took just three thousand, four thousand years until it comes to the reality. <laughs> took a little bit, but you're right. This is not new ideas. Isaiah didn't come up with new ideas. It's just saying that whatever Hashem told in the beginning will will be fulfilled. Absolutely, yes. This is exactly what you're talking about. Why is it that in our last generation, as you're getting closer to Mashiach, Jews become more and more influential? Not in a forceful, forceful way, in a good way. Because as you get closer to Mashiach, the world will become more and more connected to the Jewish people. The world wants to be a part of the Jewish people. Number uh, 13. The glorious, the glorious trees of Lebanon will be brought to you together, cypresses, fir, and box trees, to glorify the site of my sanctuary. I'll use them to honor the site of my footrest, the holy temple. The children of your oppressors will come to you stooped, and all those who disgraced you will prostrate themselves at the soles of your feet. They will call you Zion, King of City of God, the Holy One of Israel. Call it Zion, the City of God, the, Holy, the whole world. The descendants of those who oppress the Jewish people will come and bow down and ask to be counted in, be included. That's what it's going to be. Go ahead. Number 14, I think now. 15. 15, thank you, yeah. Instead of being abandoned and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you an eternal prodigy, a joy for all generations. A joy for all generations. You will suckle the milk of nations and nurse from the breast of kings. Then you will know that I am God, your Savior, your Redeemer, the mighty one of Yaakov. Ah, not bad, huh? Not bad. After you read this after all, you really start to wait for Mashiach. Because Mashiach is a good thing, we know what you're talking about. So who are Ishmael's sons now? 
Where are they? We know where they are. Ishmael's son. Ishmael's son. So the whole Middle East and, <laughs> and a little yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. It's not the whole Middle East, but they are scattered in the Middle East and other places. In the place of the bronze which the nations took from you, I will bring gold, and in the place of the iron, I will bring silver. In the place of the wood, I will bring bronze, and in the place of the stone, I will bring iron. In the place of your aggressive tax-collecting government, I will make a peaceful, friendly one. And in the place of your debt collectors, I will place people that come to perform justice. Justice will be good. We will get whatever we lost, we'll get even the better one. Gold instead of uh, uh, iron, silver instead of, uh, uh, I mean, instead of iron, we'll get silver. The IRS will be abolished. The what? The IRS. Well, the IRS. <laughs> We're talking about Israel, not the United States. <laughs> <laughs> it, will, it doesn't say they will not, they will not collect uh, uh, this. It will be done in a peaceful way, right? Yes, they'll take your money with a smile. Exactly. <laughs> Number 18. Mm -hmm. Corruption will no longer uh, be heard in your land, nor robbery and ruin in your borders. You will call your walls salvation of God, and your gates glory of God. Right. You will no longer need the sun for daylight, nor the moon to shine at night. Now, question about that. Some yeah. take that literally, some take it figuratively. Oh, what means literally? What do you think they'll be? Well, it could be the light that was put away in Genesis chapter 1. Tell us what happened in Genesis chapter 1. Well, light was the first thing that was created, mm -hmm. uh, and then that was not the light of the sun. The sun was created on day 4. So what happened to the light from, from that original creation, according to some Midrashim, that light has been put away it, yeah. for, for the Messianic Age. It was eaten for mm -hmm. the Messianic Age. It means to say the world was not ready for this light. A light that never, that never there is no sunset. That's the point. See, there is a light that can go away. That's not, it's not the ultimate light. The light will be the light that God is hiding, hiding for, for the coming of Moshiach. This light will come, and this will light the whole world. God will be your light. But wasn't there something at one point where the sun and the moon sort of had an argument about who was going to be brighter? And, yeah, and that's yeah, when yeah. Hashem chose the sun and said, moon, you're going to have to, have to be smaller and wait. Smaller. Yes, 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 yes. But this is the light before this argument. Before the sun and before the moon, the light of God. So it's the emanation. What does this mean physically? The light of the Big Bang. It's, what does this mean? It's, a light is not necessarily, doesn't have to be a physical light. But at that point, it will not make a difference if it is a physical light or not. Because when you have light in your heart and you know your way and everything is clear, then the darkness is not a problem. Darkness and light is more a metaphor for bad and good, for being lost and knowing the way. That's what it is. But you're right, there is an argument about it. Maimonides would take the position that the sun and the moon are still going to exist. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. So, so the word they use here, which I just was able to find. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It says, uh, so, it's just, uh, blah, 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 blah. so unto you a light that is eternal. So it says, will, will your sun and your moon will not be withdrawn? For Hashem shall be unto you a light that is eternal, 
and ended will be the days of your mourning. M-O-U-R, you know, so that's what, oh. just what you were saying, is that it doesn't have to be physical light, it could be... Uh, yeah, exactly, well, the days of your mourning will end. You know, there is a mourners, like mourners, that's the word right. that is using it. There is a custom, then when a person finishes to say Shiva, somebody in the, in the community or in the family or the rabbi will tell them, stand up. Except the beginning of the seventh day, the six days are over, beginning of the seventh day, we will send them stand up. And in some communities, they will recite, some communities will recite this line, this verse, verse 20, that the sun and the moon will, uh, um, number 20, anybody read number 20 yet? Your sun will never? Your sun will, will never set, and your moon will not be eclipsed by another nation. For God will always be your light and source of power. Your days of mourning will come to an end. Your days of mourning will come to an end completely when Moshiach comes. And we wish every Jew, when we ask him to stand up from Shiva, that your days of mourning should come to an end. No more, it should, should be only Simcha in your life. <laughs> Number 21. Your people <coughs> will all be righteous since the wicked will have perished. They will inherit the land forever, never to be exiled again. They are the shoot I planted, my handiwork in which I take pride. Okay. Ve'amech kulom tzadikim. The whole nation are righteous. Everybody's righteous. The Rebbe took it as his model. He always said that every Jew is righteous. Your whole nation is righteous. He didn't see weak, 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 uh, wicked in anybody. He didn't see sin, sins in anyone. You know why? The other person is a mirror. If I see dirt on your face, it means it's right here. A tzaddik can be a person who will not see any bad in anyone because he doesn't have any of it inside him, in him. And you do not have an inch of evil in yourself, you don't see evil around you. For example, many times you hear somebody did something and said, I could never imagine such a thing. Means you don't even have it in you that you cannot even assume or dream that the other person is doing it. The same thing is, I'll give you a simple example. You say, oh, Mr. Joe bought an expensive car. Chris, what is an expensive car? Maserati, a Porsche, whatever. You know why he bought it? Because he wants to show off. Did he tell me that he wants to show off? I gave him an interview. How I know he wants to show off? Because I know that if I would buy a Maserati, I would do it to show off. <laughs> I assume that he bought it to show off. Then what really, when I'm judging another person, what I'm really doing? I'm just bringing out who am I, not who he is. The Baal Shem Tov said the other person is a mirror. Today is the right time to speak about the Baal Shem Tov because as we mentioned before, tonight is Chai Elul. Chai Elul is the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, and of the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, who was the founder of the Chabad movement. He was the, was the third generation after the Baal Shem Tov. He was the disciple of the Magid of Mezrich, who was the disciple of the Baal Shem Tov. Then, what the Baal Shem Tov taught us? That the other person is a mirror. 
then if, you, if your face is clean, you will never see a stain on the other person. Because it's just a mirror, you, can, you cannot see it. That if I see a something wrong about another person, why God is showing it to me? God wants to tell me, hey boy, the other person you cannot fix, but you can fix yourself. We all we criticize the whole world, but you can, what's the point? Why God shows it to me? I cannot, I, cannot, I cannot change the other person. I don't have much influence. I can tell him, insult him, embarrass him, please give it and fight him. Ultimately, it's up to him. Why is God showing it to me? I should change it, I should fix myself. A lot of verses in the Talmud and Midrashic literature that talk about pulling out the beam from your own eye. You're right. Yeah. That's the same idea, exactly. Before you tell, there they say a little different. They say, before you tell me, fix yourself. Fix yourself before you, before you fix other people. The Barashem Tov said, when you see wrong in others, it's you, my friend. Somebody who doesn't, who doesn't have this evil in his heart wouldn't see it in other people. Uh, when Jacob's crossing the river before he meets Esau, he mm -hmm. wrestles with mm -hmm. the angel. And mm -hmm. that seems to me to be a metaphor of wrestling with himself, in a sense, because he, he, you know, he saw Esau as someone that would do harm to him. He, he was frightened of Esau. He attributed... Um, you know, bad motives to Esau, and so now he wrestles with himself, and he, you know, he. Yeah, listen. He, I know this commentary that say that he didn't wrestle with a real angel, or the little commentary is that he wrestled with a real angel. But it's not a contradiction. Mm -hmm. He right. wrestled with he wrestled with himself too. But the idea is true that a person has to fix his own demons, so to speak. And he right. sees it in others, he's really seeing it himself. <coughs> and the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, that was the, they, they went around and helped people to get out of their own self, open the doors, see, mm -hmm. get involved, get connected. Hasidism taught us not to be objective. To be subjective. What does this mean? Well, what's the difference between being objective or subjective? Objective is, you know, external, seeing supposedly the outside in a neutral, objective way, scientific. Subjective is you're dealing with yourself. You're the subject. You're the subject. Wash taste. That's if somebody wants to know the secret of Hasidism, is the difference between an objective Jew and a subjective Jew. What does this mean? I'll tell you a little story. There's once a, a Hasid, his name was Israel Jacobson. He walked into the Rebbe's shul in Russia, Erev Rosh Hashanah. There was no tables and no chairs. Nothing was ready. Comes over to an older chassid and told them, Rebin Yomin, there is no tables and no chairs and no nothing and no books and there, it's Rosh Hashanah tonight. Then he looked at him and told them, Israel, there is no chairs and there is no tables and there is no books and it's Rosh Hashanah tonight. What did he really told them? Is that my business? 
It's my business, just like your business. Take responsibility. The problem with the Jewish people that we are objective. <coughs> That's exactly the problem. Instead of being subjective, it's my thing. It's my child. It's me. I'm the subject. And when Judaism is used, it's all different story. Everything changes. You can never really be objective. Then you can you don't want to first of all I don't believe that the objective person was never born yet, by the way. I'm objective, sure. Everybody has a, has a way of thinking, is a way of life, is coming from a background. No such thing as objective. The world is not a true world to begin with. But citizens doesn't says you know, what is this business of being objective? It's my child in being objective. A Hasid who is objective is not a Hasid. A Jewish objective is, not, is yet not, didn't reach to the level of Judaism that we need. We want, we want subjective Jews, not objective Jews. You know, uh, Rabbi Sachs, uh, in his commentary on Kitavo, in his book where he does each Parsha, mm -hmm. he makes the distinction between history and memory. History is something that can be objectified, but memory, history can, is someone else, someone else, somewhere memory else, so, but memory is, is mine. That's exactly and so the same the, thing. in the Parsha, you know, it seeks to make the whole process of coming into the promised land and, and you know, and looking at the narrative and, and the history, but as one of all of the, you know, where each one of us is there. Each we've we've internalized it, yeah, in that sense. To, to, to make it a possession of yours, of ours. I'll give you an example. A child is throwing a temper tantrum. His mother is standing there and strangers. The strangers are objective. Oh, it's just a spoiled bread. <laughs> the mother says he's probably hungry, he doesn't feel good, because I know more than that, because I know his emotions, I'm connected to him. It's my child. And that's the job of American Jewry, to make their children subjective Jews, not objective Jews. If they will be subjective Jews, will not need endowment funds. Because the subjective Jews will give money in the next generation. And in three generations from now. Endowment fund is a way of thinking <coughs> that we are going to be bankrupt, Jewishly, and therefore we need some money to survive. Because nobody will ever want to give a penny anymore. <coughs> and no Jew will care for his Jewish institution. And we need endowment funds. But if you believe that you'll have a next generation, what are you giving them money for? They should give their own money. Spend as much as you can. Educate as many Jewish kids as you can. As people, these people will build the next people. Don't, we don't need bank accounts, we don't need build, we need people. <coughs> and the Rebbe came, came to America and he started the Chabad movement from zero, basically. They had nothing. But he raised one Hasid and another and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. He never in, invested in buildings, never in institutions, never in anything. He invested in people. That's a Hasidic movement came and told every Jew. The Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe called and told every Jew, 
you can be one of us. You can, you are a messenger of God. You, you are this, you're not an outsider who is only to be invited, somebody should invite you to your house. You, are, you know, people complain there is cliques. You are the clique. You are a part of the clique. What are you complaining about? You never, you know, you come into your house, it usually happens to men. Why is the house so dirty? What your wife tells you? Clean it up. What do you mean complaining about your house dirty? It's your house as much as my house. What are you complaining? That's why men don't complain. <laughs> they know they have to do something. They have to clean. If it's yours, you don't complain. Who are you complaining to? Let's finish the last line. Before we get to the last I'm sorry, line, no problem. Th th this particular line is, is the line that's used for the, the idea of uh, the world to come. That all Jews are righteous, all, all Jews have a share in the world to come. Very good. All the Jews have a share in the world to come. And the Rebbe goes around and says that all the Jews, period, no matter what, no matter whom, even those that the Mishnah said that they don't have a share in the world to come, will eventually have a share in the world to come. Literally everyone. Yeah, because there are end arounds for the, for the Rebbe, right? Uh, you can get in under somebody else's righteousness. Exactly. And, there is many ways. He basically says, temporarily, they might not be in the world to come, but eventually, every Jew will be a part of the world to come. Yes. Kulam Tzadikim. Everybody's righteous. Rebbe used to say that uh, whether it was a Tzadik and the whole nation of Tzadikim, and therefore everybody. Is there a debate that the uh, Jews who do not have certain beliefs are not part of Israel in this verse? There is debate, but even these Jews, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> the Rebbe brought them all in. <laughs> he was very one, positive on that. <laughs> no, nobody will be left out. You need to understand, if your if toenail is left out, you're missing a toenail. Understand? If one Jew is left out, we are all not complete. The Jewish people cannot be the Jewish people if one person is lost. We're a body. One, one, exactly, one big body. And no matter what it is, what he was this, he was, whatever he was, he's a part of the big body and he has to go in. He has to be included. But you said that the, the Rebbe came here with nothing. Mm -hmm. But he didn't because he was clearly a, a tzaddik. True. And a tzaddik doesn't have nothing. A tzaddik has this I mean, I meant to say physically, materially. But, but, but that you're being objective. Materially. A, no, I wasn't objective. Materially, he had nothing. Spiritually, spiritually he was yeah. as rich as any human being could be. Yeah. But you know, richness, spiritual richness, you don't take to the bank, you know? You have to... You get an endowment. <laughs> no. <laughs> number 52 you're telling me number 22 we don't need an endowment we need money we need money to spend we don't need endowment endowment is almost a crime Keeping someone money else's money is an endowment <laughs> yeah. money in the endowment is like it has to be used the smallest? The smallest tribe will become a thousand times the size, and this youngest tribe a mighty nation. Since I am the all-powerful Hashem, I will hasten the smallest tribe to expand in the time of the redemption. Okay, what he says here, the last two words of the Aftorah, 
He says, Beito Achishenu. That the Talmud says, Beito in Achishenu is a contradiction. Beito means that the, 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 the redemption will come in its time. Achishenu means I will hasten it before it's time. The Talmud says, what does this mean? The Talmud says like this. Loi Zohu, if they didn't deserve it, Moshiach will come on its time. Zohu, if they deserve it, it will come before its time. That's the whole drive of the Chabad movement. The Jews should do more mitzvahs and more mitzvahs because they can bring Moshiach earlier before his time. Zohu, Aru Imanan they will come with clouds. The redemption will come with clouds of glory. That means to say, will come in a miraculous way. Loi zochu, if they didn't deserve it, oni veroichev alachamoyer. Moshiach will come as a poor man riding on a donkey. It means to some, it must, it must to say, the, the redemption will come in a natural way. It, that's what the Rebbe is to say, quote from Maimonides so many times. And Maimonides says a person has to look at the world like it's on a scale. And there is 50-50. And one mitzvah can tip the scale. And it could be your mitzvah, or your mitzvah, or my mitzvah. And it could be today, in 2016, 12 days before Rosh Hashanah and Chai Elul, that my little mitzvah will bring Moshiach. Even if we will not bring Moshiach completely, we'll bring redemption to the world. We'll tip the scale. You see, when you live with this kind of thinking, you can't go to sleep. Maybe my mitzvah took the scale. I feel guilty. <laughs> and excited, you know, you know, get up, you know, my This is the mitzvah, this is it. And think about it, even if your mitzvah didn't tip the scale, it will, it will help to tip the scale. That's why you want to do more mitzvahs that Moshiach should come earlier, not in his time. Not to wait. Mm. No. 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 No.